Welcome back to the Nick Finzer Audio Experience. Today we are diving into my Zoom teaching music setup from earlier in 2020 to kind of talk about uh, the initial setups. There'll be a follow-up to this in a future episode, uh, but this was the scrambling in March of 2020, April of 2020, to get all of the equipment together, a simple setup to be able to start teaching easily through Zoom using some computer software and other things. So if you're still trying to get your teaching setup squared away for 2021, this could be a quick answer to that. So hope you enjoy the show. As always, thanks for being here, and we will catch you in the next episode. All right, welcome back to the channel. Nick Finzer here, and today I want to talk to you guys about my teaching setup for online teaching during not only this current situation, but just in general. We're going to talk about setting up a space, what gear I'm using, which software that I'm using, some thoughts about ways to engage your students, and then things you can do to make the most out of your online teaching rather than just succumb to thinking that you can't do anything. There are limitations, but there's a lot of things that you can do as well. So for me, the first thing I want to, I want to talk about is just setting up your space so that you can use it effectively for teaching. You don't have to set it up every single time. Uh, you just have it set up so that you can come in and roll. I didn't have the budget to get a full standing desk, nor did I have the space to get a full standing desk. So what I've done is uh, attach a shelf to the wall that folds up and down. It's in the up position right now. And then I've put it at a height where I can reach it. There's a, I have a laptop stand sitting on the top of the shelf. And then there's room for a uh, MIDI keyboard. There's room for the, the laptop and there's room to connect uh, external microphones on the side. With that, I use a MacBook Pro. <clears throat> I don't know exactly what model it is, but uh, it gets the job done. It doesn't have a lot of storage, so I have a bunch of external hard drives, but uh, it does get the job done. It's a 15 inch, it's a 2017 model, I think. Having it all preset up is the part for me that makes it so much easier uh, to start to keep on building with the setup rather than having to create it every single time that you want to get going. We have the standing desk because that allows me to stand and or sit on a stool. Uh, it allows me to have things on the desk and put the computer on top of the stand and then uh, I can set up multiple cameras using the webcam, using my Canon camera and also being able to set up stands that are like just off frame for my cell phone or any other cameras that I want to include in the shot. So we've also got um, these magnet boards that are in the background here. I use them to put teaching documents on so I can easily tell what's happening. This one happens to be the tune schedule for every week of the UNT Jazz Remote Studio. And then down here, I have my tracking documents for tracking what the students are working on. Uh, I have my music stand right in front of me and it's low enough that it's out of the shot. It's underneath the desk and but also I can still play and read, there's space. And the last little aspect in terms of wanting to pick the corner was that I wanted to make sure that when I put everything into the corner, I had room to play and that there was a good amount of natural light. So right here behind the camera is the window for the room that I'm in. And so having that natural light come in is always gonna be helpful. I also have light on the camera and we have a lamp that's kind of putting off some light uh, over in this general direction. You can see I'm kind of covering it. It creates a little bit of soft light from this direction to just take some steps towards uh, lighting the space. So what other gear am I using to teach? Well, I have a Rode Podcasting Pro microphone for speaking. It has a pop filter on it to help get some of the 
sounds out, out of the recording. Uh, I have an Apogee mic. Both of these are USB mics. I have an interface and microphones, but I find that these work uh, just fine as well. There's some limitations that I've come across here, but ultimately it's been the best setup so far is what was happening now. So this is after three months of teaching and after three months of kind of fiddling around and trying to make sure that everything uh, is happening. So other gear that I'm using, M-Audio MIDI keyboard. I have the Canon ADD setup. I have the, the two microphones. I have uh, a stand here that I put my cell phone on to be able to record and stream. Uh, and then there's this podcasting, then the microphone arm is attached here. Um, other things that I use sometimes is the Zoom Q2N to record trombone audio when I don't want to go right into the computer and I don't always have to do that. I also have a Zoom H4N uh, that sometimes I use for audio. And of course, we have the trombone on the trombone stand and a nice pair of headphones uh, that these are Bowers and Wilkins and they sound pretty good and they have regular old eighth inch input that go into the eighth inch input on the computer. So let's dive a little deeper into how things are set up in terms of the gear. I have the two microphones plugged into the computer via USB. They have USB-C. I had to get these little adapters uh, because they're regular USB to get them to USB-C. So each of them plug in. Uh, I've got the headphones plugged in. I have the power supply, obviously. And then the last thing that's super essential is this ethernet cord. I had to get a special USB-C to ethernet cord all the gear that I'm using today, I'm going to try to list it down in the description below. So if you're interested to find out more, you can go over to Amazon and grab that stuff. Uh, I've set up the angle so that the, ca the camera is facing me and doesn't have the computer in it. I can get the microphone totally out of the shot or I, it can be in just depending on the look that we're going for. And then if I'm teaching or streaming, I can be looking right here and have this side shot as another angle. Uh, so this is kind of the space and this is how it's set up. I also have a stool here in case I get a little bit tired, but I'm forcing myself to stand because uh, I thought it would be good for my sanity and my health to be able to stand a little bit more. And we'll get into the details of the software part of the teaching uh, just in a second and the most essential part which is the syncing of everything. Other things that I've tried is the Epic HD app uh, on the iPhone and that works pretty well but it does have some delay uh, and then I've tried a couple of different capture cards. I've tried the USB uh, directly out of the Canon camera. Uh, there's just issues with lag that have been associated with all those things. All right, now I wanna talk about software. I've tried a bunch of all the different softwares that you could think of to teach on Zoom. I've tried Skype, I've done FaceTime, I've done Zoom, and all of them have their ups and their downs. And of course there are other options out there, but those are the main three that I've used. Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom. The main downfall of FaceTime is kind of twofold. One is that there's no way to turn off the auto attenuation features inside of FaceTime. And the second one is that there's not as much flexibility in terms of virtual conferencing software like Google Hangouts and, and Zoom and all these other ones. Uh, there's, there's no chats, the file sending, you know, FaceTime is just FaceTime. But the nice thing about FaceTime is when all else fails, you know that you can go to FaceTime and you can get the connection happening and you can make the lesson happen, even if it's not totally ideal. It's always my backup. FaceTime is like the last 
last resort when, when the internet's not working for the student or if some crazy thing is happening with the computer, I just say, all right, I'm gonna call you on FaceTime and we'll make the lesson happen that way. All of these softwares, I think it's really important to realize that you're gonna get the best results if you do it on a laptop because you're gonna have the most flexibility. I know you can do it on an iPad, I know you can do it on your phone, but you really wanna be able to have total control, especially from the teacher end, wanting to send files, wanting to share screens, wanting to do a whole bunch of different things that are part of my workflow, you're probably gonna to want to figure out also. And Skype, I've used Skype for a long time. It's kind of the bastion of the Skype teaching, you know, the online teaching. And it, actually that their mobile app works really well. They do have all the features. Um, and I would, and I think I'm going to go back to investigating some more with Skype. I've just been using Zoom mostly because of my teaching with UNT has all been through Zoom. So I haven't explored uh, Skype with all the new setup quite as well, but I know that you can uh, do it. And I think, at least from what I've been doing a little bit of research on, I think the quality of the picture might be a little bit uh, better. So that's my main thing about Zoom, is that the video quality is good and it's very reliable and it's really good for teaching and it's really good for connecting people but it's not that good for necessarily creating content. The video is not all that clear and uh, the audio attenuation features and stuff like that are really crazy, which are good for non-musical situations, but for musical situations, it makes things a little bit tough. So we're, we're gonna go into Zoom in a second here and I'll show you some of those things that we wanna make sure that we turn on and turn off. That's kind of my assessment. I, I've found Zoom is the easiest in terms of to use in terms of enterprise software. Uh, Skype is also gives you a lot of those direct ways to connect and select the right inputs and outputs and all that and then facetime has always been my backup all right so let's jump into the computer and let's see about some settings for zoom and the way that i have everything set up so what we're going to want to do is go ahead and go and open the preferences and what you're going to notice is you have this is my road mic that's sitting in here and that's because i'm just uh, talking to you guys right now but what i would do uh, when i'm teaching is i have this right here it says outgoing stream teaching and what is that? So that is another essential piece of software that I've been using during this time to help get all the computer audio to send to the student all at once. That's the main part problem with all of these external microphones, all of these vi external video sources is syncing them up and sending them to the student all at the same time. That's been the biggest uh, issue uh, that I've run across. But before we get into that and talk about that program, because that's a different program, uh, so I would select my microphone or I'd select this virtual instrument here. I'll just leave it there for now. And then I always put everything to headphones, always to headphones. Um, I know people don't want to wear headphones all day, but wear headphones, you'll thank me. Okay, so the other thing you want to do is I just use the internal FaceTime camera. When I'm doing this, I've tried lots of other ones and I've just found that it's not worth the extra headache when you're teaching. This can be well lit and uh, have extra light coming from the other side. It can be pretty decent. Uh, you can also get a light to put right here in front of you. That would uh, be the next step that I would do would be to get another light right in front of me. And I've thought about it, I just haven't done it yet. So while well, you're looking at this window, if you click Enable HD, it's gonna make it look a little nicer, but for teaching, I unclick it. I make sure that uh, touch up is off because all of those things put extra strain on your internet connection and you wanna make sure that the internet connection is just as fast as you can possibly get it so that the audio and video is sending syncs together. In the video settings, we wanna make sure of those are all turned off. Now, audio, uh, we did that. Now, we talked about set setting this to our virtual audio unit, which I'll talk about in a minute but we need to go to advanced. 
Now, these are the settings you need to really be aware of. This one says show in meeting option to enable original sound. You want to do that because it's turning off all of these background noise canceling features that we don't want when we're teaching music lessons. So turn, disable persistent background noise, right? You can see that it'll let you do all this stuff, but you want to disable disable run all of these things disabled so that you're not battling the software when someone's playing their instrument this is how it's set up within zoom in this in the software so i definitely recommend making sure you change those video and audio settings so that you have the best chance of being able to uh, successfully teach now there's ways of taking this and being able to uh, stream it and and all of that kind of stuff but i'm not really going to go into those features of zoom i'm just talking about virtual teaching and things that you can do to enhance your virtual teaching uh, experience for you and your students so there's lots of more features inside of zoom that you can take advantage of some more that i like if i go to start a new meeting I'll just point out a few that I think are useful. Here's the button for turn on original sound. So you want to make sure you do that, turn on the original sound. Uh, and then the chat options, you know, be able to send files and to type things. All of that is great. Uh, and then the record functions, we can use that. I like to use that. And it's for doing classes and stuff. Uh, there's some more functionality. But we're basically just talking about lessons right now, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. So I'm going to end this meeting, and I'm going to show you the most important part uh, and probably what is the most important part uh, for getting everything that you want to do in terms of the function of teaching to your students. So what we're going to do is open up a program that I found, and the program is called Loopback. Now I've come to find out that there's many other ones that people use, but the, the one that I've gotten comfortable with is this loop with, Loopback one, and I think there are free options, but there's a lot of workarounds to get them to work, and uh, it's totally possible. But for me, this loopback, it works right away and has been super helpful. So I'm going to set up a brand new device when it, you're going to get it. So I have this all set up uh, right now, but I'll show you how I would set up a new one. So here's a brand new, uh, I would title it something like UNT Teaching or Private Studio. I'm going to turn it off while, well, while I'm getting it set up so that nothing goes crazy here. And so if you can just look at this, you can, you can turn, you want to delete this because that's not doing anything. Uh, so you basically you have three columns here. It's pretty easy to use. The sources, the output, and the monitors, right? So when I chose the output in Zoom, when it said outgoing stream teaching, is this right here. It says outgoing stream teaching. So everything that's in this, you can see the audio right here is going to Zoom. It's all virtual. So what I would do is I would add the programs. So if you want YouTube, then I'm going to add my browser. If I want um, Spotify, I'm going to add my Spotify. You see how they're automatically connecting to the outgoing channels. You also want to add your microphone. So I add my mic, which is my trombone mic, which is over here to my left. And then I have the speaking mic, which definitely needs to go in there. And it's right here, Rode. Okay, so basically this is like the essential things I want to be able to do. I want to be able to play them a YouTube video. There is also the functionality within Zoom to share screen, but it doesn't always Share, share screen audio, but it doesn't always work properly. So I found that this is more, a little bit more reliable than the audio that goes with the share screen. I don't use the in Zoom sh screen sharing audio function. I share the screen and then also send the audio this way. And that way I don't have to turn that on and off. I can just share the screen, stop sharing the screen, don't have to make any changes. So as you can see, I have my inputs, Chrome, 
the mic, the two mics, and Spotify. There's other, and then the last thing that I will add, which is not in here, you click select application, and then I'm going to say I want GarageBand in there because I want to play. I want to be able to play piano, keyboard stuff, and have my students hear it. So that's why I said I have my MIDI keyboard set up here. And the other thing that I found useful is also adding Finale. So if I add Finale, so now I have Finale also in here. Anything that comes out of Finale is going to go into these inputs and out to my students. Now, you have to be aware that when this mute when capturing is happening, you're not going to hear it through the standard output. So I have it right now plugged in to the eighth inch output on my computer, but it's not going to work in the same way as when, as when you don't have loopback enabled. If you want to hear it, you got to uncheck this button through the quote unquote normal headphone jack. Unless you make a special monitor, and then and we can get to that in a minute. But so if you uncheck those things, you'll be able to hear it. So just be if you're having a problem, it might be because your source is not correctly muted or unmuted. So everything is going out to here, to one and two. And then uh, if you want to, you can create a monitor system so that you, that can send only what you want to it. So you, for example, I'll say, you can make my head external output be my headphones and then I can say what do I want to hear and what do I not so if I want to hear everything and keep in mind it's going to be a little delayed because everything is running through this and then going through the output and then to your headphones so it's not going to give you real-time monitoring for real-time monitoring in this setup I have to plug my headphones right into this Rode microphone to get real-time monitoring and that means you can't run it through Logic or GarageBand I know people have tried all these different things but you can't do that and have it all deliver at the same time. So the most important thing, concept I think to remember is this, all the audio needs to go to your student at the same time, whether it's hardware or if it's software like this. It all needs to go together or else it's going to get all unsynced. So you can do this. You can also send it to your Scarlett interface or some other interface and send it to speakers and all that stuff. But I highly recommend, again, headphones when you're teaching. So. Uh, you don't even need to have this at all because if you disable that, that means everything is going to be normal on your computer. You're going to hear it through the headphone jack and no totally normally. And then uh, all of this stuff is heading out to your to your students. So if you turn off any of these, then they won't hear it. So that's what I found to be super useful for teaching. And you can also use this for streaming. Uh, I'm still mastering the streaming setup, so I'm not going to add any tips and tricks about streaming just yet because I'm still figuring it out myself, but this is the basic setup that I also use uh, to stream the videos that I've been doing in the last month or so. So that basically covers the settings and the software uh, and my setup that I'm using to teach. So I just want to leave you with a few thoughts about suggestions for your students and suggestions of things that you can do to enhance your students' experience when they are taking lessons from you. You've got to make sure the students have to have headphones as well. Uh, it works fine without it, but it's so much better if they just wear headphones. And I know I don't know why it's a struggle sometimes. If they can get earbuds so they can wear one in and one out, that's even better. Uh, because I also think that they need to have an external speaker if they're going to use some of this play-along functionality. From our setup in, in our loopback studio, we can play an Abersolid, play along with it, and send it to them, but it's going to be all still out of sync for the student. So you have to remember that when you send it, it will be synced. When the signal comes back to you, it's not going to be in sync because there's so much delay between you and them. So they need to have a signal that they also send to you at the same time. 
If they're using one microphone or if they're using just their computer laptop audio, what you're going to want to do is have them have an external speaker, like a Bluetooth speaker that they can turn on and use their Abersalt or their iReelby on the external speaker and they're playing and that together is sending to you. Obviously, it's not the best sound quality, but I find as an educator, we can hear through. We don't need to hear the the voicings of the iReelB to know if they're playing the changes or not playing the changes, for example. So make sure they have an external speaker if they're going to be playing along or they have some fancier setup like this. You could show them this video or a number of other solutions. Generally, the students are not going to go through the trouble, so you need to show them a simple and fast way to take advantage of the time that they're spending with you. I highly recommend uh, them having a speaker so all of their audio comes to you at the same time and it doesn't get disjointed. I've had a number of students try to use the share computer audio. When Zoom is sending the audio and video, it doesn't stay synced for some reason. So we just have to keep that in mind. It's not totally ideal yet uh, in 2020. Tell them to see if they can get their laptop plugged in to a computer if possible. Do not let them use an iPad or an, I an iPhone if you can help it. On certain software like Zoom, you can't even turn off the auto attenuation on an iPad or a tablet or a phone. You've got to use a laptop. So if you can get them to use a laptop or a desktop, that's going to be way much more ideal. See if you can schedule things at the time at a time when everyone else isn't also using the internet so three people aren't streaming movies and streaming video games and then you're trying to also teach your lesson because it's going to really be difficult especially if they're on wi-fi and not connected to the internet through an ethernet cable so if you can get them to do the ethernet cable i'm telling you it made night and day difference for me when i got that adapter and plugged in the ethernet cable i know it's super old school uh, but it really does make a difference it's four times as fast four times I did a speed test so keep in mind for your students just it, they're not going to have the best sound quality try to get them to aim in a way where they're not playing right at the computer microphone or right at their microphone and try to find ways to work with them uh, patiently to find out what the best setup is going to be for them in their house because they probably aren't going to have a room or area like you do that's dedicated uh, to this. The most important thing is for you to have your setup together so that you can help them, so they can see you clearly, understand you clearly, you can share things with them that you would normally share with them uh, in a real life lesson, but try to do it as best you can virtually. I know this has been a long video. I know we've had talked about a lot of stuff, but I want to leave you with some additional ideas about what you can do to optimize your teaching from your students' point of view. So things that you can do, you can plan ahead for that are going to allow you uh, to take advantage of this time rather rather than it being a drag. So one thing that I found super helpful is if you pre-record yourself playing along with playalongs, you could theoretically create a trading session where you could have students working on tunes and playing along with you, and you can hear them doing that. So you can hear them playing along with you because you sent them ahead of time uh, that track, which leads me to the next point, which is we need to plan ahead when we're teaching. There's not a lot of reactivity that can happen in the same way as you can go to your shelf and pull off that etude book to work on something. So you need to be able to know that you're not going to be as flexible to pull things up and be able to see them and share the screen all at the same time. So you're going to have to plan ahead, send files, send PDFs ahead of time uh, so that they can know what to expect. They they can have downloaded what needs to be downloaded. They can load it onto their phone, tell them to download the trading thing, put it on their phone, or put it in a Dropbox so they can play it straight off of their phone into their Bluetooth speaker so that you can hear them doing it. So it's just creating these workflows ahead of time is, is super essential to getting the most out of these lessons, these online lessons. So prepare sight reading, prepare tunes, prepare etudes, all that stuff in advance so that you can have it ready to go 
uh, at the drop of a hat, you can send it to them before the lesson so they can have it ready to go, print it out, put it on their iPad, whatever, to keep the lesson moving smoothly. That's what I find is you got to keep the momentum going. You got to keep things moving or else the students are going to get bored because they're easily distracted by all the things popping up on their screen, by something happening in the other room. And to keep their focus, you got to keep things moving. So that's where that planning really comes in. Another thing that's worked pretty well for me and for colleagues is to have the students send you a higher quality recording uh, in the interim. So we have a lesson every Monday and maybe on Thursday or Friday in the week, you have them send you a recording, a higher quality recording, meaning instead of recording into their phone with the stream and everything, all the noise in the background, is that they take a few minutes to record what they're working on. Maybe it's playing a tune or an etude and you get a Zoom, which are inexpensive, a hundred bucks, or even just their phone far enough away. You know, an iPhone has a pretty good microphone in it, give you a much better quality than a streaming audio quality and a better sense of their sound and everything like that. So you don't have to totally abandon working on sound and stuff like that. You just need to make these adjustments to be able to do it. So they record that, they send it to you, then in the lesson you could actually listen to it together and you can make comments in real time about their sound, their intonation, the things that are maybe not quite as easily addressed when we're teaching virtually. I find in the lessons it's really important to keep things task oriented, meaning we have to do things that are easily check offable uh, because you can't necessarily work on playing together with other musicians, you're working on music, musicianship and musicality as much as we would like to, you just can't do it in real time in the same way as if we're playing together. So I'd like to focus on things like having workouts that we do each week or some kind of scale exercises or playing tunes in 12 keys, melodies in 12 keys, licks in 12 keys, things that you can be like, all right, play through this thing that you worked on where usually you might not have enough time to do it, but if you can just focus in on those things, that gives you a whole new chance to take those items that you would normally not be able to focus on and focus on them during this time. And the last thing that I wanna leave you with is that I want you to track what you're doing and track what the students are doing and use some kind of document to do it. So I happen to have this document right here that I, use that's just a spreadsheet that is for one semester that has everything laid out and has different categories i'll put it up here on the screen so you can see a screenshot of a blank version of it it's nothing fancy but it just tells me what the student's working on and i write it down i keep a printed out copy because having multiple million different spreadsheets for me isn't super useful so i try to have everything printed out so that i can uh, be as effective and efficient as possible, helps the students stay on track, helps you stay on track. And I think that's just a generally a good idea, regardless of whether you're teaching online or in person. So that's it, that's the setup. I hope that's helpful to you. I hope it helps you get your virtual studio set up uh, for teaching. Hopefully we don't have to keep on doing this, but it does give you the option to connect to a lot more people. I've been doing online teaching to, since I was in college. So 2013, 2012 is when I finished my master's. So 13, 14, 15, and then in 16, 17, I got a lot more serious about it. And I've been doing it for a while now, and it's really a totally great way to connect with a lot of people. You don't have to be scared of it. There's just a few things you need to keep in mind. You need to optimize your setup. You need to know what you're doing so you can help the students when they have tech problems and just really have a solid foundation. And I think if you go through this video, you'll have a definitely a solid foundation. Things will be a little bit different in terms of if you use Skype or something else, but really you just wanna make sure you have all of the signal to go out at the same time. You wanna receive all of the signal at the same time and that way it's all synced up. If it's all coming from different places, it's gonna get all out of sync and it's not gonna be a happy uh, lesson for anybody. So keep those things in mind. Thanks for watching. All the links to the gear is down below. Thanks for taking the time to watch this video. I know it was a little bit long. Hopefully this will help you to grow your virtual teaching studio and we'll see you back here in the next video.